Well, hello. It's G-Money, or George, Ninja on the Loose. This time around, we're going to talk about vending. Now, the reason why I want to talk about vending is because this is where part of our lives have gone. Uh, it's been kind of an interesting transition. Uh, the vending thing that we've done for the last uh, two and a half, three years, maybe even longer now, is a series of jams, jellies, salsas, relishes, hot sauces, chutneys, things like that that my wife has created and we have uh, branded under the name of Jam Busters. Now there is a website you can go and check out uh, because I'm not going to tell you how we started the business. That's actually on the website so I want you to go and check that out. It's uh, www.jambusters.ca uh, very interesting story, but uh, to skip over that and get to where we are now, uh, we used to actually be able to sell the product through our storefront location. We owned and operated a, a local newspaper, and uh, we just closed that here this past July, uh, 2016, and so we've lost the storefront location that we used to be able to vend uh, our product outside of when we weren't actually doing vending off-site. Now, on an average year, we would vend maybe two, three times a year, so it wasn't like we were away that much, simply because we had the storefront. And, you know, through the vending and the sales through the storefronts, uh, Brenda gained quite a good reputation, and so we saw quite a bit of repeat business in our community. Without the storefront location, we had to kind of look at things a little differently. We knew in May that we were going to close the paper, and so we thought, well, you know, there's some vending opportunities out here. Maybe this is what we should be looking at for the Jambusters brand. Now, I will say this year has been kind of interesting and exceptional simply because Brenda has actually been invited uh, to a number of events that we've never been part of before either. Earlier this year, and these were indoor events, earlier this year she attended a uh, playground fundraiser for a local school. And so she was able to vent Jambusters there. And uh, she also attended a ladies' night at a local restaurant and got to vent there. Handpicked. These people approached her. Uh, there was uh, the first outdoor event this year was a giant uh, rendezvous for a number of uh, horse people. It was a provincial event. So uh, quite a few people showed up for that. Again, Brenda was handpicked for this. So the Jambusters brand we know has some value and it has actually some worth in the community, but we weren't too sure what it was going to be like outside of the community. And when it came to vending, we were looking at vending at markets outside of the area. Now, there's some very clear guidelines and some boundaries and borders of what zone you can and cannot vend uh, in some of the locations in and around the southern part of British Columbia where we live. And so we eliminated the places we could not go simply because of the zoning situation that these people had. And I'll be honest with you, I get that. Um, you want to protect your local people, and I, and I understand that entirely. And so we didn't see that as a real large hurdle. It was, okay, let's find a place that we can actually be a part of, that they will accept us as a vendor. So there was a place, uh, community, about 20 minutes down the road where they actually have a registered farmer's market, and that was attractive to us because that's a make-it-bake-it-grow-it type philosophy. And since Jambusters is a make-it product, we just thought it would fit in quite good. 
And so we jumped on board. It was in June that we started to vend at this site. We didn't have much of a setup, but uh, we started to collect items. If we were going to be serious about vending, we needed to expand our collection of things we took on the road. So we eventually ended up having to pick up a canopy, a uh, 10 by 10 canopy, and some folding tables, uh, some props for the displays, things like this. And, you know, we got a little better at it uh, each week and started to do our thing. And this uh, particular vending site, not bad, but it just wasn't really perfect as far as we were concerned. And there was another site that we'd been exposed to, uh, made aware of further down the road. This was an hour away, and it wasn't entirely 100% make it, bake it, grow it, but that was the emphasis. Uh, it wasn't going to be a flea market slash farmer's market, which is what we're trying to avoid. We didn't want to be kind of mixed in with that because that's kind of a different clientele as far as we're concerned. But the organizing committee in this uh, vending site number two uh, was very accommodating. We liked the atmosphere. We liked the combination of vendors who were there. We liked uh, where we were placed. We liked the feel of the community. We liked the feel of the traffic. There was a little more foot traffic. Um, people were spending more money. It turned into actually a much better site for us and uh, a much better fit. And by this time we were thinking, well, maybe we would just become traveling vendors. You know, maybe do this site for a few weeks, try this one, then another one, and another one. Whatever ones we could find that we would fall into the category and, again, not violate the zone situation. Well, we never left uh, vending site number two for the entire summer. It turned out to be kind of our favorite place. Made some friends there, uh, shared some space with uh, a vending neighbor who we actually encouraged uh, to come and vend at one of our local events. And uh, it's just turned into a really nice setup. We did rather well there too. So that was one of our main concerns because I was watching the numbers. Uh, not that it's a huge issue to me, but I wanted to make sure that we were seeing some sort of return for our time. And uh, the difference between vending site number one and vending site number two was quite noticeable. Uh, like I said, uh, on average double uh, what we were making and selling at uh, uh, vending site 2 versus vending site 1. So it was not rocket science for me to think, well, even though it's an hour drive, wow, this is well worth the trip. So that's why we stuck out uh, our time in that particular site. But as I said, we also kind of discovered some things we needed to do to kind of make us a little better at the vending thing. And so I actually have uh, put together a list of simple vending tips. I got five of them. Five seems to be the number I stick with, so I think, what's the heck, uh, why should I change it at this point, right? So we'll stick with five. Number five, uh, define your brand or product line and focus on that. And I say that for a number of reasons, but probably most importantly, if you're selling pizza and your name is Fred's Bakery, it's not so far off the mark, right? But if you're selling secondhand tools and your name is Fred's Bakery, doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you've got a hook in there of some kind. I say this because although we vend jam busters, lately the focus has been on salsa. 
And we've had the odd customer say, well, I thought you sold jam. And you know, they're absolutely right. So we've had to kind of reassess that. And so when in season, Brenda puts some extra jams out. So for example, uh, recently she made a batch of apricot jam. And so that was one of the products. But the beautiful thing about this is because our hook is based on spice. So we have heat items, okay, different amounts of spicy peppers, that's the, the hook really, is the pepper content, is that we have the apricot jam, but then she's also made a version with jalapeno peppers in it, which we call apricot bam. So that kind of got us around the jam busters thing, right? So I know it's a bit of a stretch, but that kind of keeps us within that territory. So it, it falls under what I'm considering our brand. Uh, so it's really important to kind of find your brand and stick with that, make your product line kind of align with that, and go from there. Like I said, I kind of, you know, really did kind of scratch my head when a couple of customers, you know, mentioned, well, I was looking for jam, and your name is Jam Busters. And so what do you mean you don't have jam? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, hang head low look at feet say yes sir you're right so that's what we've kind of done is we've kind of uh, gone right back to the brand and trying to incorporate that with our new products uh, tip number four have an attractive display or booth like oh my goodness I have seen some of these things and I'm not picking on people by any stretch because we were very much you know bare bones stripped to the you know, to the bottom trying to figure out how to vend our stuff too. And boy, I'll tell you, the sites I look at, like the vending tents I will stop at, are the ones that are attractive. I just will. And, you know, I refer to it as eye candy. So sometimes you have to have, you know, something that really attracts the eye for your customers. So in our case, for example, with the Jambusters brand, uh, Brenda's put a lot of effort into the labeling and uh, she has clean jars and the rings are clean I mean like they look brand new and majority of them are brand new jars and rings and so she's put a lot of effort into making the product look really slick not only that but uh, some of the jars depending on what the actual product is like the salsas you take a look at the salsas and they look thick and chunky uh, she's got a couple of her products where it's actually, you could see things suspended in the product. And so, again, really attractive. So that's the eye candy part. And I know what we're kind of really kind of trying to figure out ourselves is signage. We're really, really low on the signage part. And that's because we want to have something that's very consistent but simple. We don't want something that says 400 different things and people have to stand there and try to decipher it. We want it to be simple, but we want it to also be attractive. So that, if anything, is our biggest hurdle at this part is the signage part. But what I was getting at is, again, you got to have a booth that looks really, really attractive and inviting. That's really kind of the key. How, how are people, how can they assess you? you know access your product can they walk into your tent uh do you want them to just walk by i mean you know that kind of thing it depends on what you're selling i guess but for us we want people to come in and we want them to come in for a number of reasons but primarily we want them to come in to take a look at what we have and so we try to tailor our layout so that happens 
Attempt number three, which kind of goes into the part where I was talking about why we want people to come into our, our area, is you have to engage with your customers, even if it's just to say hi. I've watched vendors in some of the places we go, and not entirely the places we vend, but just other sites we've gone to take a look at, where they will just sit with a book or a tablet or a handheld device or on their phone or whatever the case may be and not even notice customers walking by or might nod at you but that's about all you're going to get. We don't do any of that. Uh, We make sure that we speak to each person who walks by our tent or our our canopy and I have kind of a, a line I use and it's not a negative, it's actual fact. Essentially, if you walk into our little zone near our canopy, near our product, as far as I'm concerned, you're now ours. We have to find a way to get you into our tent and get our you know, samples into you. Uh, even if it's just verbally explaining our product line, uh, engaging with you in some way where we might share a joke or might, might, you know, chat you up in some way, shape or form, become your friend all of a sudden or whatever the case may be. But the deal is, is you have to engage with customers. If you don't, they're going to walk by you. They're not going to spend any money on your product. And you're going to say to yourself, wow. Why did I spend four hours here? I didn't make squat. Well, there's a problem. And it might be that you're not really reaching out to the customers. If you're not a people person, I get it. But if you're not a people person, you shouldn't be vending. You should be probably in the kitchen or in the workshop making the products and have someone else do the vending for you. Because I'll tell you, I'm extremely active in that part of the vending experience because I know it works. Tip number two, you got to find a hook. And if you have a hook that is easy to connect to your product, it really makes it easy. So our hook is because we have spicy, like heat items, we do what we call try before you buy. And this means there's samples, and they're not scampy little samples, and we serve you the samples we engage with you and it's like you know if someone says yeah apricot jam i make that all the time and then i say well how about apricot bam right i talk about the stuff with the jalapenos in it some people say hmm that sounds interesting some people say oh that, why would that what, what would that be like or whatever well here why don't you try a sample and tell me what you think and that connects with the customer gives them a uh you know you give them something free Okay, they get to taste your stuff, and I will be honest with you, high percentage of people who taste end up buying. Um, I think the taste buds tell the brain, you got to have this item if it tastes good. And that's also part of the deal, is it has to taste good, right? So Brenda puts a lot of effort into making sure that the products taste good. And as a result, we've seen quite a bit of good results with that. But the try before you buy is our hook, and we promote that wherever we go. Uh, it's on our social media stream. Uh, it's, I believe it's in our website. It's in all our videos. Um, we promote that heavily, is you come by the Jambusters booth and you will get a sample. And you can sample anything that's on the table. So if we have, you know, 12 different salsas, uh, four different jams and jellies, a couple of different relishes, whatever it is, and you want to sample everything, no problem. 
because we know you're going to buy something. Very rarely are you not going to buy something after going through a sample of everything on that table. And so that's really cool because not only is it good for us, but the idea here is that we're giving people something. As I mentioned just moments ago, they're getting something out of us. And food is a really cool tool to use with people, and so that's our hook. Now, that may not be what works for you, but you need to find your hook. Uh, it could be something as simple as if you buy two videos, I'll toss in the third one. Or if you buy half a dozen soaps, I'll give you uh, hand lotion free or something. You know, there's, or, you know, you buy six of these, the next six are half price. Whatever the case may be, you need to come up with a hook. Uh, but like I said, the try before you buy things seems to work for us. And my first tip, tip number one, you got to try different venues if one you're at doesn't work. Now, this is if you're doing like a weekly thing like we did. Uh, if you're doing a one-off, well, that's okay because if it doesn't fly, you just know that you take that one off your schedule for next year, maybe, right? Uh, but for us, like I said, we've become kind of serial <laughs> vendors, uh, regular vendors, and it turns out that, uh, like I said, we didn't have any real serious problems with vending site number one but it just wasn't connecting to us for some reason but vending site two did and so we ended up staying there um if you don't have those options then you you can't do that but if you have uh, access to more than one vending site don't be shy move it around you don't feel obligated if you don't want to. You know, the idea of vending your product is you're looking for exposure, you're looking for revenue. Uh, and if one place doesn't help you with either of those things, go somewhere else that probably will. And so that's exactly the philosophy we used with Jambusters when we were vending this summer. And we did, like I say, luckily find one that really seemed to do uh, a good job for us because it was a good fit. Again, I encourage you to check out uh, our website. That's uh, www.jambusters.ca. Uh, we have a number of videos on there of the try before you buy. And these are all unsolicited. Uh, these are people reacting live on video, so you may want to check some of that out. And uh, you can also like our Jambusters Facebook page. It's at Jambusters Brand. Somebody had the Jambusters name, so I had to get creative. So Jambusters Brand is the Facebook page. And uh, that'll do it for this go-around. Uh, I want to thank you for tuning in and uh, supporting me with uh, your downloads of this particular podcast program and uh, all the other programs, uh, all the other episodes on this particular channel. And uh, just, again, thank you so much. I'm George, and this is Ninja on the Loose.